everybody. Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostest, and today's episode is season six, episode 12, Doctor of Horror. I have with me return guest, I believe for the third time, Jeff is back. Hi, Jeff. Hey, how's it going? Yes, and it is a third time. Third time's a charm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, shoot, the other two episodes are pretty good, so maybe this Oh, yeah, good. yeah, absolutely. But uh, I had a lot of fun on this one, so definitely a charmer, this one. Yes, yes, I was like, I definitely want to bring someone on or something on. I was like, Jeff could be fun. It's another cadaver-type episode, which we've done before, so let's do it. As always, John Kassir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and Danny Elfman does the theme song. The original air date for this episode was January 4th, 1995. This episode was directed by Larry Wilson, who also directed a TV show called Cindy, I think. Screenplay was also by Larry Wilson. This is a pretty small cast. It's only four people, four dudes. Hank Azaria, which most people would know for doing voices on TV's The Simpsons, like Milhouse. Yep. What's his last name? Verhausen? Verhuten? I forget. I think that's his last name. I used to watch it all the time, but I'm not as into it as I used to be. Yeah, I stopped it like 10 years ago. It should be wrapping it up, but they don't seem to be getting the memo. <laughs> no, because they're still getting paychecks. That's yeah. why. Well, eventually, I mean, I guess they're just waiting. Everyone who does the voices will die out. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of getting to that. It's kind of yeah. sad, but yet the truth. And he's also in other movies like The Birdcage, which I really like him in, where he plays Robin Williams and Nathan Lane's very flamboyant houseman. That yeah. is really fun. Yeah, and I uh, actually I liked him in uh, Along Came Polly because that's the uh, movie that my uh, my wife discovered that the super hot cabana boy <laughs> that's in that in a speedo is actually Millhouse, yeah. and she's like, no way, <laughs> super hot. Not sure if I would tie that with Hank Azaria. Yeah, well, he's like super ripped in it. He I mean, does. Dude yeah, looks, dude looks great in yeah, it. Yeah, I'm he, jealous. He put the work in. Definitely looks no good, question. But, it... but yeah, she had no idea. She's like, oh wow, that, that guy's super attractive. And yep, no, <laughs> that's the same guy who's uh, a poo in in Millhouse. So. So he's in this. Travis Tritt, who is a country music singer, as well as he had a small part in Blues Brothers 2000. I mean, I don't know if it was as himself or not, but he doesn't play himself in this. It's He's playing um, Charlie. Yeah, I was actually really surprised with Travis Tritt in this. I mean, yeah. He, he, uh, he had uh, more to bring than I thought he had. Yeah, I liked him in this. And then Ben Stein has a real small part. He's from movies like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And Austin Pendleton, who for me is the MVP of this episode, even though it's... Even Hank Azaria is a little more over the top, but Austin Pendleton is good at playing that kind of spaced out mad scientist kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think Travis Tritt's beautiful mullet. <laughs> the, the hair in this episode is a bit is just real like they took time with the hair in these episodes yeah yeah because the hank Azaria's pompadour yeah. is just insane in this and he even it's like hilarious. fixes it later like he's like oh yeah God. it seemed like as the episode went on it kept getting taller it's just and higher taller. and higher <laughs> and then uh austin pendleton was also in movies like short circuit but he usually plays kind of quirky little characters yeah he was in um the original Muppet movie from back in 1979. Yeah. He was uh, now. Is it a pretty big role in that? Because I'm yeah, that. yeah. It was for because he would be fairly for a young. human role. It was a big. It was pretty yeah. big role. He was the uh, like the doctor's sidekick in it. Oh, okay. I don't know what it is, but he just has like that knack of just showing up and everything. If you don't know who Austin Pendleton is, he's one of those actors that when you see him, you go, "Oh, it's that guy." Yeah. Because he has a very unique delivery. He's hard to forget. 
So yeah. well, it's kind of like last night I was watching the movie nineteen uh, nineties. I was watching the Grifters, and it's got like Angelica Houston and okay. um, Annette Bening. But there's another bit player that plays like an owner of a jewelry shop, and it's one of those guys where you're like, he's in everything, and it, it, he's um he he played Ned Ryerson in Groundhog Day. Oh yeah, but he's yeah. always in everything. You know, yes. just different little parts. Doctor of Horror. It's a good episode. This one's pretty fun. I'm gonna go ahead here and read the description on the back of the box. A kidney's not enough. A mad doc enlists two security guards in a scheme to harvest the souls of the dead. And unfortunately, they do put the picture of what happens to Travis Tritt at the end of the episode, which is one of the things I don't like that they do on certain the, the covers here, because there's been multiple times where you're like... That spoils it. Yeah. So this opens up with the Crypt Keeper. He is working in a barber shop, and he has quite a head of hair in this one. You know, it's not like the wispy hair hanging down. He's got the actual hair and a nice big mustache, and he's got the little the little stripey thing going in the back. And I love how they always throw, like, little bits of dry ice and stuff everywhere. Yeah, I was going to say, his hair and his mustache make Magnum P.I. jealous. <laughs> Yeah, and he's giving a hot towel to his client there, and he ends up burning all the skin <laughs> off of the client's face. So it's just a skeleton, which is kind of gross because they leave like bits on the skeleton. Yeah, some, it's not some, just yeah, it's some meaty, yeah, some meaty goodness is left behind. Because usually they'll just have like down here, he'll just be around bare skeleton heads or you know or something. But this time they're like, now we're gonna put a little bit of gore on this one. But yeah, this episode starts out with um, a cadaver's feet, which I thought the cadaver makeup looked pretty good. It was real dark, like the feet were like kind of. Um, so it started with veiny. the feet. Are we sure Quentin Tarantino did not <laughs> direct this episode? I mean, if, I feel like it would have focused more on the feet. <laughs> yeah, instead of just the opening shot. <laughs> yeah. He started shooting this and they were like, no, Quentin, no. Spraying him with a little spray. <laughs> you had to like back up. Quentin. <laughs> so it opens up at this mortuary and it's Hank Azaria and Travis Tritt playing uh, Richard and Charlie. And Ben Stein is playing, I think, like Mr. Andrews or something. But he's the owner of this morgue and he's leaving for the night. He's been running this mortuary for like, or this morgue for like 40 years. Charlie and Richard are the security guards. And they're not like super bumbly or anything, but they're just like, you know, like Travis Tritt's real kind of country a little bit. Hank Azaria is just kind of like a little sleazy. He's got the little pompadour and like they're buds. Callahan's Mortuary has a 40 year tradition of service to uphold. Peace of mind and serenity. A stolen body would be a scandal. It would destroy this fine institution. Do you understand that? Oh, yes, sir. Count on us, sir. No, I can't. You're useless low-life shitheads. If there's so much as a coffin handle missing in the morning, you are fired. And so in between them talking, like Ben Stein being like, you know, don't mess this up. If you mess it up, you're fired, all this stuff. You kind of get the feeling that with uh, with this, this is the norm, the speech <laughs> with yeah. these two. Charlie and Richard, they've gone through more jobs in a year than probably most people do in their lifetime. That's kind of the uh, the impression that you get. And so while they're talking and stuff, you keep seeing a cart being wheeled around with the table with the, the dead body on it. And that's because Austin Pendleton's character, Orloff, which I guess is Dr. Orloff, which maybe is Dr. the Dr. Orloff. Well, I mean... <laughs> no, it is. I think that's, that's what <laughs> Yes, uh, but it reminds Charlie me of a combination Paul. of like Boris Karloff and Count Orlock from Nosferatu. There you go. And so that's when you see his character, Orloff, running away. He's trying to steal this body while they're all talking. 
And these corridors, I noticed later, they keep running the same corridor. Um, there's a part I'll show you where it's like they go past the makeup and hair spot like twice. Yeah, there's a few things where you're like, yeah, didn't that just happen? <laughs> or I think that's part of the charm oh, of yeah. things of this nature. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't mind it. You at only all. got so many, so much space. It's a 22 minute episode or whatever. So they they catch him and they end up knocking the body over, like it's on the ground, and they catch Austin Pendleton. Orloff looks like he's already like a little drunk, a little crazy. Disheveled. Yeah. Crazy doctor. He hasn't slept in a few days. He's in like a kind of a decent suit, but you know, like a cheap suit probably. And he's like, if you help me steal this body and bring it with me, I'll give you 500 bucks. Okay. Um, (laughs) Well, and I was like, one of my notes is like the body snatcher guy is fun. And for one, he even says he's not allowed in hospitals anymore. Like he is a doctor. And it's like, ooh, surprise, surprise. What? You're under arrest. No, you're not the police. No, but we can darn sure hold you till the real police get here. Let's go, old man. I can't believe this. We caught a body snatch. Shut up. How much do you boys make? Excuse me? How much? <laughs> not enough. That's what I thought! Now I will pay you 500 bucks if you will help me steal this corpse! <laughs> 500 bucks. Each. So Hank Azario, of course, is like, yeah, okay, let's do it. They take the body back to this basement which is probably not super sanitary. There's a wine cellar down here, and I think there's even, like, some laundry stuff down here. It's just the guy's house, I guess. Yeah, it's probably Orloff's house out in the country somewhere. Yeah. And so they're bringing this body down, uh, Hank Azaria and Travis Tritt's characters. And Charlie, Travis Tritt, he just, he can't handle it. He don't like any of this. He doesn't feel it's right. You're messing with dead bodies. This is, like, against, you know, nature and God and everything, and you just shouldn't be doing this. He has no stomach for this whatsoever. Yeah, you can tell that he is the follower of the two. Also, I do love when they're carrying her. All of a sudden, her rigor mortis has gone away, and... Yeah. (laughs) She's essentially folded up like an accordion while they're carrying her. Yeah, she's real floppy all of a sudden. And then... Yeah, so then they bring into this cabin, which you said reminded you of the Evil Dead cabin, which kind yeah, of does a little. Yeah, in the way this basement is. Yeah, whenever they're coming down the stairs, I just totally got the Evil Dead vibe. Well, and there's like some wood paneling too. Yeah. So then also they turn the lights on, and there's this little like makeshift cadaver morgue thing, and so they lay her on her stomach, and he's like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" And he's like, "Well, I've been looking for the soul, and apparently that's in the back of your neck or in your shoulder blades." And he wants to be able to find it. And I don't know, do what with it? I don't know. He hasn't gotten very far so far. So maybe that's why we were built to where we can't really... You got that one spot yeah, on like, your spine that you can't reach really well when you're trying to... And you get an itch yeah, right there. like that's where it that, that's, that's your soul talking to you. <laughs> and see, what this kind of reminded me of, though, that I wanted to mention is... So there's a book called The Host that got turned into a movie. And it's by Stephanie Meyer, who wrote the Twilight movies or whatever. And it's actually a pretty decent book. Okay. I liked it. And it's about these people and these different worlds and stuff. And like they have little consciences and stuff that live in the back of their necks. Okay. And part of me was like, did she see this episode? Or is this like some sort of long-term story that I have that have been going on since, you know, about having like a glowing little soul in the back? Because even in the movie and in the book... It's not that it's like a ball like it is in this one, but it is like a small little like sliver of iridescent tape. You thought of that. I actually thought of Altered Carbon. What's that about? The TV show. And it's actually, essentially, they have figured out how to put your conscience like on a disc that's essentially back in the same area of what it is on Hmm. on this episode. People don't give a crap about the host body because they just know they can just get another one if you have money. So they just grow another body, you get thrown back in there, and of course there's a whole black market of it and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's kind of interesting, like, I, don't, I can't think of anything prior to this as far as like having like the consciousness in the soul. Well, I mean, this could uh, have been taken, I mean, 
knowing that these are from like comics, comics and I don't really go too far into the comics, but I wouldn't be surprised if back when this was written in like the 50s or whatever, that this was like a thing. And maybe even before that. I mean, because it, it does seem to be lately like a, it's a common place that people would think it's at. Yeah. There's another movie I watched that I just can't think of off the top of my head with, with actually a similar premise. And uh, where it, and you're right. It's just like it's like at the like at the base of the of the neck. Yeah, just a little lower. And you always it's the same spot where you can't <laughs> you always get that itch at. So maybe that's what it is. I don't well, know. Well, and even like in horror movies where like it's like an invasion or body snatchers, they'll put like a number or a spot or like I watched a movie recently called uh, was it Viral? I don't know. It was something, but like the way the creature got a hole or could breathe was through a little hole in the back of your neck. Huh. But yeah, so that's that's what's going on here. I'm not really quite sure what he wants to do with it, but he wants to get these souls out. And like the quickest you can get these bodies after they've died and cut them open, you can possibly find the little soul. And right away, like he barely even goes to, <laughs> Orloff barely even goes to cut at the back of this neck. And Travis Tritt's like, that's it. I got, I'm going to be sick. And he's like, seriously? We haven't even, like, what were you expecting them to do? You were down in yeah. like a morgue. I'm convinced that the soul exists in a microscopic gland that's located somewhere along the spine. It is the last thing to die, releasing the life force days after conventional death. What does the gland look like? I haven't seen it yet. I've dissected dozens of corpses, and like some elusive prey, it vanishes. Just when I think I have it in my sights. When you find it, what are you going to do with it? Oh, not that much. Just play God. Oh, I feel sick. Well, get over it, man, because this shit is amazing. If I can locate the soul, I can unlock the deepest secrets of the human condition. Why is one man a saint and another a monster? And can I change a monster into a saint by manipulating his essential metaphysical substance? And so they're cutting in there, and, and the whole time Orloff is talking about all the different things about death and how many bodies he's dissected, and um, Hank Azaria is, like, really interested. Like, almost to the point of, like, really getting face down into this corpse. <laughs> yeah, he wants to know, Orloff wants to know why one guy is good and one guy is bad. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. You can, it's the whole nature versus nurture. Sometimes people just have weird brains. A lot of times, because I think for a while they used to think... Don't quote me on this. But I think they used to think like the soul was in the heart. And right. then they moved like sometimes they think it was in the, the brain or the, the brain stomach. Or the stomach. Yes. So, right. I mean, I, I would say if I was going to look, I'd say I'd probably look in the brain if I had to. But Yeah, I would too. I'm especially like with professional athletes and this whole thing with aggressive behavior and CTE. Oh, yeah. So, like the concussions and stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, that, that that's your, your exact right. That's where I'd be looking too. Plus, the that's the... That and the, what, the pancreas? Those are the two parts of the body that we know the least about is the pancreas <laughs> and the brain. I don't think it's the pancreas, so I'm going with the brain too. Wouldn't that be a trip though, the whole time? It's just been <laughs> hiding in the pancreas. So they take a look at the body and everything. And then so uh, Orloff tells Richard and Charlie, he's like, I have other jobs for you. If you would like, I can pay you more money. You'll get the $500 for each of you or whatever. But I have this room. It's like an old, like a walk-in freezer, but it had broken. So it's got all these bodies in there. And they're all like standing there with little white masks over their mouth. Like that's going to do anything to cover the smell. And they're like, I need you to get rid of all these bodies. There's like a well in the woods. Go dump them down there. Hank Azaria is like, well, we're not going to do it for only 500 bucks a piece or whatever. And they're like, well, he's like, well, what would you want? And they just say... Um... 600. Yeah, 600. Sold! <laughs> and, and then even Austin Fiddleton's like laughing, like, okay, yeah, I guess. 
they agree for like 600 bucks. Though some of the adding up doesn't make sense later because oh, yeah. in the car. Car they're talking about a thousand bucks. Yeah, Hank Azaria's like, I got a thousand dollars. And I'm like, did you take Travis Tritt's money? Or like, I don't know. <laughs> it still doesn't add up. So they go to get some like tarp and rope and they start wrapping up the bodies and they drive out there to this well. And the whole time Travis Tritt's character, Charlie, is just like, I can't. I don't want to do this. I don't want anything to do with this. This isn't right. You're messing with someone's souls. Isn't that cool? And Hank Azaria is just like waving the money like yeah. on his face. How can the dead rest if they don't have their souls? Are you kidding me? Dude, Dr. Orloff's got an excuse for talking that shit. He's nuts. You're seriously stupid. But the last time I checked, you were saying. Don't you believe in souls, Richard? Don't you believe in anything? Yeah. I believe I got $1,000 right here, baby. Mwah. More money I've ever seen in my life. And he's like, and this is the most money I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's how you can tell this is, uh, and that's, this is an older, it's an older show because nowadays everybody's, in, at least in the United States, has had their stimulus checks, so they've had more than that. <laughs> yes. We waved in front of their face. I mean, maybe, I mean, this was 95, Five. so yeah. what, it was, maybe it was worth a bit more too at the time. Yeah, and no, $1,000 95, I would have. I would have been stoked to have that as a uh, a teenager. So now they got, what, is this an El Camino, you said? El Ranchero or El Camino. It's hard to tell, but you can definitely tell it's one of those quote-unquote car trucks. Yeah. So they got this car truck and they got the bodies all wrapped up in, like, clear tarp. And Travis Tritt is just pounding, like, whiskey, getting drunk. <laughs> he can't handle this. He's like, I don't know. So it probably wasn't too hard to do that. You know, being a touring <laughs> musician, I'm sure he's Country musician. Fair... Yeah, he's probably uh, a pro at that. And then he goes to, like, straddle the body to pick it up, which I don't know how that was even going to help. Of course, he's drunk, so maybe he doesn't know. Because I was like, dang, TT, don't straddle it. <laughs> and then as he like the way he did it like i was like you could have just pulled her feet from the bottom but then as he does that he has like a hallucination where he sees the woman come out and attack him from the tarp and so he's like really freaking out now hank Azaria is like you don't do that on company time like yeah freak out later freak, freak out later on your own time oh my god thanks <laughs> You're so sympathetic there, buddy. And so they dump all these bodies in this well. And it's not like a super deep well. It's deep, but it's not super deep. They, it goes to the next morning at the mortuary. And Ben Stein walks in. It doesn't look good because when he walks in, they're both on the... It's not like a... What are those called? The gurneys? Gurneys. They're on like the wheeled gurneys. Both of them are. And there's an empty bottle of Jack Daniels. And they're both just sleeping. And right away, Ben Stein's like, are you freaking kidding me? It was like one night I told you not to do anything. And she, he's like, where's her body? What so, body? Yeah. We've like, been walking these halls all night, Yeah, sir. they're like, yeah, we just all <laughs> night. And then I guess all of a sudden for two minutes we passed out and here we are. And then he sees the bottle because it was like right there. And he's like, no, you guys are drunk and you guys are fired. The one thing that, that was funny, like as they're leaving and Richard or Dick, whatever you want to call the guy... <laughs> Because he is. I mean, I think, I'm sure that's the reason why they called him yeah. a Richard. Kind of, you know, starts pulling on uh, Ben Stein's cheeks and starts to go off on him. And yeah, Ben Stein re go ahead, go ahead. recognizes, sees the mud on his oh yeah on his boots and, and figures that real quickly. The one thing that, that surprised me is Hank Azaria's wearing snakeskin boots. Yeah. That shit's expensive. Those are expensive, yeah. Like, really Unless expensive. He stole them off a body that came in. Uh, yeah, very true. But yeah, that the point that yeah, the fact that like yeah, Ben Stein puts it together really quick that they did something with this body. Not that they could have maybe walked outside drunk and fell or anything. <laughs> it could have been anything. 
And he's like, dirt on your shoes? What'd you do with the body? And then the, the gall, though, to grab your boss's face, like, pat his cheek after she fires you. I'm like, you're lucky you didn't get your arm broken, but I mean, it's Ben Stein, so. Yeah. So then they kind of chase each other. Like, he follows Ben Stein out. And this is where they pass the, like, makeup and hair room, like, twice. twice. You can tell they walk, like, in a circle. And the whole time, he's just like, Mr. Andrews, Mr. Andrews, wait. Sir. Yeah, sir, Sir. Wait. And he doesn't ever <laughs> wait. So then he takes, like, his flashlight and starts trying to bash in Ben Stein's head. How'd you get that mud on your boots? How'd you get that tear in your jeans? Charlie, let's go. What have you two been up to? Charlie, let's go. You took her, didn't you? I'm going to the police. You stay right here. I'm going to the police. Damn. Sir. Uh, sir? Sir, I just want to explain one thing, okay? One second. Sir. Sir, could you stop running, please, sir? Sir, please don't go for the cops, sir. Can I just say one thing? Sir, please. Hello? Sir. Sir? Oh, sir! 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 Oh, sir! That's a sir! Stop it! Get off me! Stop Get off me! Listen, you're killing him! You think I'm trying to do it? Sir! Listen, listen. Do you want to go to jail for murder? Huh? Is that what you want? And he would have killed him. Yep. But then but Charlie, Charlie... Yeah, Charlie's like, whoa, 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 let's get out of hand. Stop, you might kill him. What do you think I'm trying yeah, to do? Yeah, seriously. And his hair looks... <laughs> Hank Azaria's hair is like real crazy here because it's... He's starting to get like... Uh, you ever seen Ace Ventura when nature calls? Oh, yes. It's yes. like that. And so he's like, do you want to go to jail for murder? And he's like, oh, yeah, good point. Even though at this point, you probably already have him bleeding in the brain. Like he's going to probably die to begin with. Take him to Dr. Orloff. Yeah. Uh, great idea, Charlie. They're like, let's go see what he can do. And I think Charlie was hoping he would help. And Hank Azaria, uh, Richard was more like, no, he can use this body because it's not even dead yet. And Pendleton, he never gets super excited in his eyes. It's always just like, he's happy, but it's just like Basset Hound eyes or something. Like, or he's just yeah, it's like, so, so interesting. Like his facial expressions, if you took like Ben Stein's voice and put it. Yeah. I mean, because they're so just so straightforward and deadpan. Dr. Orloff's facial expressions is Ben Stein's voice. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so now they're like, oh, this is a fairly fresh body. You know, let's cut it open. And this time when he goes to cut the back open and it kind of looks like a filleted fish or something. It's supposed to be the spine, but he pulls it back and there's a bright little light. Not a super bright light, so he's not as good, apparently, but little bitty light. And he pulls it out, and it shortly goes out. And so, but he's getting closer, but he's panicking, because he's like, I'm getting so close, and I don't even know, still, I'm like, I don't even know how you would even, you're going to go through a lot of bodies trying to figure this out. Yep. They're both starting to catch on that Travis Tritt might be like a a loose cannon here. Like, he's going to either spill the beans to someone or turn them in. Yeah, his monologue was, yeah, surprised me, and that's whenever Dr. Orloff was able to put two and two together, and he realizes, oh, crap. Number one, I have to find somebody who is a good person, and yeah. <laughs> number two, who's just mostly dead, yeah. to use the words of uh, Max from yes. uh, Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so... Miracle Max. And they call it the soul gland, which I thought was kind of weird. Is it a gland? I guess maybe it's found in a gland. Hank Azaria has already tried it right before this to choke Travis Tripp, suffocate him. So Charlie is feeling a bit freaked out. So he even, he has right. this look where he looks at him for like a second like he's afraid like they're going to stab him. Yeah, I'm not, you know? I'm not, we're not going to do anything to you yet. <laughs> so then he wanders off and then that's when uh, Dr. Orloff and Richard are like, yeah, he's such a good soul and things like that. He's good-hearted and simple-minded. It's yeah, a, a could, combination to get you in trouble. Yeah, it's a problem, <laughs> but it can also be helpful for us. Yep. And Hank Azaria at this point is just wanting to cut up bodies. He's getting real excited about just holding this knife and being like, yeah, I'm going to 
Slicing all these bodies, good times. You gonna cut them up? <laughs> Just the usual incision. Oh, don't be so disappointed. Once I remove the gland, you can cut to your heart's content. stronger the light. I must preserve this immediately. Uh, Doc? You do what you want. You're my assistant now. And then it cuts to a scene where they're dumping Ben Stein's body and they go to sit down by this well in the woods and they're just talking, the two of them. And Travis Tritt makes the mistake of being like, I can't live with this on my conscience. I'm going to go to the police and turn myself in. He's very naive mm -hmm. and he's given the, that's his friend. So he's being, he's, he's being honest with his friend and that's. Yeah, he's like, I'm quitting. I don't want anything to do with this. And that's the worst thing you can say to <laughs> And Hank Azaria is just like, oh, oh, yeah, I get that, man. Here, have a drink. Because yeah. Travis kind of has a bit of a drinking, drinking problem. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially that heavy stuff. So he's drinking and he's talking. He's like, yeah. You know, it's just like this brown stuff. And then right at the last minute there, Hank Azaria is like, well, you've been drinking ether. So you're not going to the cops. Yeah. And then he just like passes out. <laughs> and so he's unconscious. And I guess he just drags his buddy back to this place. Richard's like, yeah, I really want to just, I hope to cut him up too after this. You know, he's like super excited. And Orloff's like, okay, whatever, psycho. And like, you can tell then that they're even starting to like, they're distrusting each other. Or at least Orloff is suspicious of Richard. Like this guy's a little crazy. Yeah, but he he's a means to an end. So, yeah. They're, they're, so Orloff is okay with that just because you're like, you know what? I understand I got to have somebody who's a little, you know, a little bat poop crazy. Bat, bat poop? Were you going to say bat poop? I said bat poop. Bat poop crazy. <laughs> I don't know if it rolls off the tongue quite as well as bat shit, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so this time they get the soul out and it's super bright. It's this bright little ball of light, like yellow light. And they're like, oh my gosh, he was so good. We need to preserve this. And he puts it in a like a beaker of, I, I guess, formaldehyde. But then you <laughs> you were joking that it, it was, was Listerine. Like, yeah, or... it was, yeah, it was like not the old school Listerine, but like the green Listerine. Yeah, that, the one that it really just looked hurts. like mouthwash. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't know. Or scope, that's what it is. How would scope. you even know what to put it in to preserve it? <laughs> He's just like, souls like to be minty fresh. I don't know. And so... <laughs> So he pulls out the soul and they're like, sweet. They put in a preserve thing. He decapitates Charlie and, and you, they show him putting his body and putting his head down into the well, which kind of a weird like computer graphic of Charlie, yeah, Charlie uh, yeah, falls falling away. down. So you see his head go down the well and he's like, cool. He's like, good to know. And then a little bit of time passes. It's not a lot. I would say it's maybe like a week, but time definitely passes because they've been kind of working more on their project. This time Hank Azaria is in a suit, not his security outfit. Yeah, he's, he's over at fancy. He's over on Dr. Orloff's wine collection. He's like, the champagne's on me. It's like, that is Dr. Orloff's champagne. Yeah, what I found interesting too, as he's talking with him with the wine bottle, first thing he does once he starts saying, I need the raise in Dr. Orloff's, no, you're not. He immediately turns the bottle upside down yeah. and like, I'm going to club you like a baby seal. Just low-key threatening. He turns it upside down and leans it up against his chest. Like, uh, no, I'm going to get that raise. <laughs> and then you, and then the cool thing is that you can actually see liquid in it. Yes. It was which, like that, it's super unusual whenever you have 
props like that that have liquids in them, they almost never have anything in it. Yeah. Uh, and you can pretty easily tell, like, whenever somebody drinks, like, a coffee cup and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're totally not drinking crap out well, of it. Well, I mean, it. they don't go, they don't plan on opening this, I don't think. They don't ever get to it, I think. Yeah, so. no, they don't. But just the fact that yeah. he's actually, something that's liquid related that actually has liquid in it in yeah. the scene is, it's just unusual to see that. I just would assume to see a, an empty wine bottle. Yeah, because it, it, it helps to see the heft because you know he's serious about really hitting him. Yep. So he's like, I want to raise Richardus to Dr. Orloff. And Orloff's like, uh, no, you're not getting... I mean, it really hasn't been even that long. But seriously, with his, with Hank Azaria's um, money skills, what is he going to say, 700? Is, he gonna go like, <laughs> is it really going to be like that much more? No, the other thing that I wanted to mention too that I almost forgot about that I was laughing at the last two or three times that I watched this is when Dr. Orloff is working on... I can't remember which corpse it is. Mm. They put gore on his hands. Oh, yeah. And then... I they, think that they, was the woman the first Was one. that the woman? I think so. He went and he goes and he wipes his brow. And all of a sudden, magically, his gloves are clean. <laughs> and I was like, I would have been laughing my ass off if they actually would have had the, the gore on they the They really should have. And then it was all over his forehead. And he was still just like straight up deadpanning yeah. how he had been doing. That would have been awesome. I think that could have been even better for his character. Oh, because yeah. Because it would have been like, that, that's just how much he does not care. Yeah. He's just and he's immu- gone. Yeah, he's immune to it now. It, like, it would have been awesome. So it's like, what even the point was putting the gloves on, really? Exactly. But yeah, so it's been like a little bit of time. They're down there talking about whatever rays. And then it cuts back to the well. And you see two really wet, gooey, dead hands climbing out of the well. Like pulling a body out of the well. Yeah, and you can tell these are just like up to the elbow prosthetics. Yeah. <laughs> because then you can actually see the bicep on accident and at the last split second of that shot. That's some good ooey gooey stuff. Yeah, but though. I love the shine of the gore that's on it. Yeah. It just kind of gives you that slimy, nasty feel. So back in the basement now, Hank Azaria and Austin Pendleton were fighting. And then they hear a sound and they're like, what's that? And they immediately stop fighting. I think this is a pretty cool scene. So Travis Tritt's character, Charlie, is back. I wish this scene would last a little longer, but he's coming out of the shadows and his feet are like turned backwards, but not all of them. Like his feet are backwards because he's walking, but his chest, the back of him is in front of him, which is weird. Yeah. And he's got his arms backwards. Like, I guess he broke his feet on the way down. Something like that. Yeah. He's literally shambling. Yeah. And he's got his head. He's holding on top of his head. On yeah, top so of it his neck. Doesn't because <laughs> it's decapitated. So which is great. He's just holding it on with one hand. He looks like real upset. He's coming down, you know, and he's like swinging back and forth. And the greatest thing is he does the best. It sounds like Ted Raimi from Evil Dead. Oh yeah. Whenever he, whenever he's like souls, and I'm like, oh, that sounds. And that was the other thing that made me think of Evil Dead in this. Yeah. I, that trilogy is like one of my all-time favorite trilogy of movies. It's not the best voice, but he's trying. But the yeah. way he's like pursing up his lips is kind of funny. Yeah, and he gets really animated while he's doing this. Yeah, it's, it's just super... a really, it's a fun scene. Yeah. Yeah. And now Hank Azaria has been strapped on his stomach onto the table. Travis Tritt's character's got like the real voice like this. And he's all like, yeah, we got to get that soul out. Isn't that right, Doc? And you look over and Austin Pendleton's head is in one of the scale weighing things. Yeah. With like blood coming on the side. And it looks a lot like his. Yeah, they they did a very good job of his likeness. Yeah, it's a decent prosthetic for that. So now Travis Tritt's like, what have you done with my soul? Oh, 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 oh,
you doing, man? Come on! Not much. I'm just going to play God. I'm gonna steal your soul, Richard. Oh, no! Charlie, come on! You don't want to hurt me. Come on, you're good! <laughs> on the contrary, Richard. I was good. You stole my soul. Remember? <laughs> Yeah, so he goes in to cut it, and he just starts stabbing him with the scalpel, and then yeah, that's his the head end. keeps on trying to fall off, which was just yeah. <laughs> awesome. At this point, I'm like, it needs to be like freaking um, idle hands. You ever seen that? Yeah. yeah. When they take the barbecue fork and they stick it in, and then put the head on top, top of it, and then duct tape it, <laughs> so he can eat the burrito. But yeah, so that's the end of the episode. They get what was coming to them. Everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. <laughs> For me, this is a fairly classic Tales from the Crypt episode, and it's nice to see it in the sixth season, because there's only one more season left. Right. So it's nice that they're still having episodes like this, where it's like, you know, this revenge, and there's cool, like, effects, and, like, it's a good story, and it's just neat looking and fun, and it's got humor. Yeah, I really love the practical effects. A lot of the one-line deliveries were fantastic to give that campy humor to it, which is what makes it a classic episode. So that's the end of the episode. It goes back to the Crypt Keeper. He's still doing the barber stuff. And there's a guy or somebody behind some newspaper. And he does the whole like shaving a haircut. Two bits. There you go. <laughs> and, and when he pulls back uh, what he did to this person, he cut their ear off. And the person does not stop reading the paper. It was a really interesting article. Even, yeah. though, even though they scream. Yes. And I also love the fact that, that um, Crypt Keeper is actually giving stories of like what Charlie and Richard are doing now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... I just got a card from Charlie. He went on to open a chain of private clubs for dismembers only. <laughs> oh, and Richard went into medicine, specializing in intensive scare. And so there is no IMDb trivia for this episode. The next episode is season six, episode 13, Comes the Dawn. Jeff, thank you so much for being on here. Oh, I'm so excited I got asked back. I, I love Tales <laughs> from the Crypt, so this is awesome. Yeah, I was hoping you'd like this episode. So. I did. Is there anything you want to promote or anything while you're here? Uh, well, I'm back on discography discussion. Are you doing that full-time, like all the time now? or At least 50% of the time. Just check us out. It's discussmetal.com. All right, and thank you all out there for downloading and listening to this episode. Thank you for supporting the podcast. You can follow me on Facebook and on Twitter at Gek Podcast or G-E-K Podcast. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email me at goodeveningpod at gmail.com. And again, uh, thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. I just had quite a 